Actually, staying up all night has given me some time to think. And I've realized some big things, Katara. What big things? I see everything so clearly now. What really matters? Why I'm really doing this? I'm doing it to save the world, but more than that, I'm doing it for the people I love. I'm doing it for you, Katara. Aang, what are you saying? I'm saying, I love you. What are we doing? What our hearts have been telling us to do for a long, long time. Baby, you're my forever girl. Aang? Huh? I was just saying you should take a nap. Oh, I guess I kind of drifted off into a daydream. Flamio, hot man! Welcome to the Ember Island podcast, the show where two fans of Avatar the Last Airbender, of Avatar the Last Airbender, word vomit, uh, talk about every single episode. I'm Leslie, and I'm Barbara, and today we are talking about Book Three, Chapter Nine: Nightmares and Daydreams. I do that sound effect for you do that every all the time. episode, <laughs> no matter what it is. There's nothing spooky about this episode at all. Like, it might have been more fitting in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But before we begin, what about spoilers? So, this is a podcast where we assume you have watched every single episode of Avatar The Last Airbender start to finish. It came out over a decade ago. We highly suggest you watch every episode because we we will be spoiling things that not only happened this episode, but things that happened before and things that will definitely happen in in future episodes. So heavy, heavy spoilers ahead. All righty. So in this episode, this is the penultimate episode leading up to the Day of Black Sun. And in this one, the gang arrives at their destination beforehand, and Aang is freaking out about the fact that he's going to have to fight the Fire Lord in, like, three days. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Zuko is freaking out also because he... Usual. Yeah, as usual. But he's freaking out <laughs> slightly more than usual because he just found out about this war meeting that's happening and he thinks he's not invited and he's conflicted as to whether or not he should even go. And yeah, so just our two uh, our two main peoples freaking out as they are want to do in this episode. Yeah, one of them has much more reason to freak out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will talk about this later both both ways but I think Zuko is being melodramatic <laughs> I don't know I might be in uh, in defense of Zuko on this one so well yes no the last time he went to a meeting uninvited his dad burned half of his face but... Yeah, I mean, he was invited to it, but he spoke out against what his dad wanted, which ultimately, yeah, screwed him over. But 
don't remember whether he was really formally invited, though. I think Iroh kind of dragged him in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but anyway, yeah. but this is one of those times where Zuko could just use his words and ask, but he yeah. doesn't because <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, I don't know, but I think it, it could also be a credibility thing because it's like, as the crown prince, are you really going to ask if you're going to invite us to a meeting or not? Like, it's a little awkward. Yeah, no. Like, either way, it doesn't really work out in your favor. If they say yes, and it's like, well, I look foolish because I should have just assumed that I'm invited because I'm the freaking royalty. And if they say no, it's like, oh, wow, I look dumb because for some reason I'm the one royal person who did not get invited. So, either way. Yeah. It is a power. It is a power struggle thing mm -hmm. where damned if you do, damned if you know. Yeah. But um, on the whole, this is a cute episode. I think I was expecting to, like, just sort of dislike this episode. But on the whole, it was actually pretty funny. And uh, just, like, a nice calm before the storm. Before the storm. Yeah. In the next episodes. So. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think that this episode could have replaced another episode, maybe. And and it but, didn't hey, have lady. to. Yeah, just I don't know. It's fine. There's yeah. It it is it is a good bridge between what is going to happen for the rest of the season, which is pure artistry. Oh yeah. And, and, and what the whole back before. half of book three is just like <laughs> wow. Hit or miss. <laughs> they, they level up. No, no, no. I mean. I think it's pretty consistent in the back half, actually. Oh, but. oh shoot! I'm sorry. I was thinking back half, as in, like the front half, because oh. it's facing your back when you're in the middle. <laughs> I, I was you. just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, back half of book three, I think, is really solid and just oh, sort of absolutely. levels up after solid. this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, this episode is cute. That said, I think when this episode first aired, I was really restless <laughs> about it. Like, yeah, this is nice novel, but freaking, coming. where's the Day of Black Sun? Because <laughs> they probably already started advertising it before this episode, and I and we knew it was coming. So I was just like, where is it? Like, I don't care about Aang's nightmares right now. <laughs> so, you know what? Talking about that, I think this is a good pause episode where uh where it is a little disconnected from the mains from the main story as much as it can be because it's almost slice of slice of life like yeah where, it kind of is like there's no real action in this yeah at all there's no action scenes besides whatever ang is hallucinating at the given point in time uh yes. yeah not wearing pants yep you didn't study for your math test <laughs> I I can relate to some of these dreams. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it's a pretty chill, like you said, slice of life type thing where you just have your two parallel characters, Aang and Zuko, freaking out over something that is definitely a big deal for both of them for differing reasons. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's nice. But I think you do need an episode like this in between uh Coming off of the Puppet Master and then yes. right before Day of Black Sun, which is also going to get serious. 
Um, it's yeah, yeah you, you need, need a buffer, you need a break, so it's not so emotionally draining. Yeah, that's why I like Ember Island players when we get to that. That that's why that episode partially works as well as it does, because it's a for the most part very lighthearted, funny episode that also brilliantly recaps the show in a very creative way before without feeling Susan like Tommy. a like like a recap. Episode. Yeah, without feeling like a recap. Which I cannot say for a certain episode in Korra. But <laughs> uh yeah. But yeah, so we need episodes like this. It's kind of like when you're watching an action movie and you have like the quiet moment immediately after a really kick-ass fight scene. Like you need to calm down for a minute because if you just had back-to-back action scenes nonstop for the entire movie, you'd be very fatigued. And I don't think they would have as big of an impact as they would as if you got to have a break in between that good mm-hmm. stuff. Good. So, Exactly. Good point. Yeah. So... Anyway, we start off this episode. We, do we want to talk about all the cool stuff? Or, yeah, okay. Let's let's talk about all the <laughs> stuff, and then we'll talk about <laughs> um, Zuko stuff afterward. You so, know my priorities. Yeah, koala sheep. <laughs> sheep. They're adorable. This place that they uh, oh decide God. to put up camp before they are the, the best invasion. Thing. They're adorable. Seriously, how did they come up with these adorable animal hybrids? Okay. Um, yeah, somehow they arrived. Oh, I love how they have all these really serious clips on the previously on, and then we just proceed into Ang hallucinating for the bulk of the sh- of the episode. Yeah, just, yeah. I don't so remember sleep deprived. Yeah, um, yeah. So apparently they arrived four days early, and I'm like, how? Because they stopped at virtually every town that they wanted to. Katara detoured them and the painted lady more than Sokka would have liked. Like they started late. But, yeah, they started late. They stopped unnecessarily. They got stuck in certain places longer for reasons. <laughs> How did they get here four days early? <laughs> uh yeah, so they're here. Yay. Four days. Aang has an epiphany that holy shit, it's four days, and starts to freak out. And he did not study for no. his <laughs> final exam. <laughs> no. <laughs> Relatable. So we proceed into dream sequence number one as he tries to go to sleep. And we get Aang dressed up as Goku from <laughs> Dragon Ball Dragon Z. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going up to try to confront the Fire Lord. I was a Mark- fat man eating, eating grapes. Yeah. <laughs> This must have been such a great day for Mark Hamill. He just like walks into the studio, into the recording studio that day. He gets the script and it's just like, you have to say lines in your Joker voice. Like, you're not wearing pants and you have to, you didn't study for your mathematics test. <laughs> that, that was my really horrible Mark Hamill voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Aang's not wearing pants. He wakes up. And Momo is watching him. And he's like, it was just a dream, Momo. I still have my pants. No. Aang's pillow is a, is, is a like travel cloud pillow from oh, Dragon yeah. Ball Z. I forget <laughs> yeah. what, what the actual cloud is, the, the, the actual cloud either. is called. Yeah. But it is the details that get mm-hmm. me in this episode. And there's a bunch of just eyeballs that pop up in the background. <laughs> Weird. 
Yeah, so he wakes up and thinks, okay, maybe I should study some more. So he, he proceeds to study by kicking a bush. A lot. A lot. I don't know how that counts as training. You're kicking a bush, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah next time we see Aang, it is morning. He has he has now upgraded to punching, punching a tree. Punching a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katara wakes up. up. Katara, yeah. <laughs> And she's like, "What? What are you doing?" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is, there is such a thing as, there is such a thing as over, overtraining. Yes, there is. <laughs> but um, Aang doesn't care. He's, yeah, he's got to punch this tree until he, essentially, I guess, twitches out and then just passes out altogether. <laughs> Yeah, I, After hitting one too many times, I like when Sokka and Toph come from behind. Toph looks the other Toph way. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's blind. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so they're freaking out. One thing that I found interesting about this episode is what they kind of didn't talk about, which is when he, when Sozin's comet is approaching, the matter at hand is less anxiety and more just, okay, I really don't want to kill the Fire Lord. Yeah. And, like, that's the whole conflict. And here, it's like he's not even thinking about that. It's kind of interesting. Maybe it just hasn't occurred to him yet that, I mean, what is he going to well, do when he gets there? He's going to have to do something, buddy. <laughs> I hate to say it, but all of them are children. and and And, and in this episode... It shows the most where even Sokka during during this episode anyway, they 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 might be internalizing it, but they can't think of any any outcome except Aang winning because he's the avatar. They can't right. think of them getting injured. They can't think of Aang failing. They can't think of something not going according to plan. Yeah. And but- at and the it's strange. Time. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I just give, given Aang being who he is and being a pacifist and all that jazz, I'm kind of surprised that never even really gets mentioned until the final episodes. Yeah. Or like I think the end it, of Southern Readers, really. I Yeah. I think it kind of makes sense. But it's but it's also one of those things where where when they say you need to defeat the Fire Lord. I don't think they ever say he has to kill the Fire Lord. I think they yeah, but like, say what that he, he has to defeat the Fire Lord. What does he think that means? Yeah, what does he think that means at this point in time? Because there's clearly a pivot point later on where he's where he realizes that it could very well mean I have to kill the Fire Lord. So, it, which is what pretty much the back half of the season arc is all about. Him trying not to. <laughs> that is yeah. one of the biggest parts of it. Mm-hmm. Or not even like the, all of the back half. It's really, it feels kind of late less, in the game. Well, it's well, very it's, late game. Here we go. Aang can't kill people. Yeah. Let's let's meet some dragons. Spoiler: We sure. told you. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, it doesn't feel like completely out of nowhere when it does start to get addressed later on. Just because I mean, Aang is has always been a pacifist and has always yeah. been about. Trying not to use violence if he can't help if he can help it. So, 
yeah, and he's usually on the defensive anyway when he gets into fights. So really, yeah, not too surprising when it is brought up, but I'm kind of surprised it doesn't come up at all in this episode. We will talk about it, but sometimes, well, we will we will talk about it more later, but sometimes I feel like Zuko and Aang are are in different shows that have slightly different tones where <laughs> where in where in like Aang is in maybe not a like every single thing with Aang isn't a children's show, but but Aang seems to not brood over the reality of things and he seems things roll off him easier and things seem to work out for him and he just seems a lot luckier and like yes Zuko was very lucky to be born but (laughs) Zuko's stories always seem like wow bad shit keeps on happening (laughs) and around lightning keeps blowing up in his face like everything always does like everything always does (laughs) and and I think that the writers kind of treat them that way also where where bad things keep on happening to Zuko so he can see the bad things that might happen where where Aang maybe it is that he maybe it is that he doesn't vocalize it but it seems like Aang and the gang bad things happen but they really roll off them compared to Zuko who just internalizes all of his hatred and sadness. Yeah. You know what? Maybe not healthy. No, (laughs) but the, I think he's been been better about it uh, since beach and stuff. I think he's been a lot more open, but uh, yeah, regarding Aang though, I feel maybe part of it is just by nature. This invasion is assuming, assuming it works out he would be able to confront Ozai without having to even bend because Ozai doesn't have his bending. So yeah, he would just capture him, I guess. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Versus Sozin's Comet. I mean, he's full OP power because it heightens fire bending at that point, which is maybe what gets him thinking about how he's going to defeat him at that point versus here where it should be relatively easy provided he gets to Ozai in time for it. But, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we oh so yeah, Aang's still freaking out. He hasn't even learned firebending, and Sokka's like, well, you're not even gonna need it because the, the plus, a stupid element. Yeah, plus, <laughs> yeah, plus it's a stupid element. <laughs> like, dang. I was like, wow. Wow my fire my fire heart was just I know. Like, oh. Because I am also edgy, just like Zuko. (laughs) But, like, also, firebending eclipse, gold star Sokka. Sokka did did very good this episode. Uh (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, then we proceed to cross over into nighttime again. And Aang's trying to go to sleep, annoyingly saying three days left. Yeah, three days left. Aang is annoyingly saying goodnight to everything from Blaze of Grass. Goodnight, yeah. Sokka. <laughs> and we get Chibi Toph from, uh, remember those cute Avatar shorts that they released? I loved like, those. Those were so adorable. Plus, they just catered to every fan in the world. Well, you remember the one where it was like, who's going to take out Katara to 
the dance. <laughs> it it's like, like Super Zuko, right? Yeah, no, no, it was a uh, the Blue Spirit who turned out to be separate from Zuko in that. Yeah, work. and Zuko was very confused at the end of it. It's really weird because <laughs> he's shifting. <laughs> Uh, either way, I'll count that as a win for those Utara fans. <laughs> um, yeah, but it also included like it was like Haru, Aang, Jet, and Zuko, and then out of the blue, the Blue Spirit ego, <laughs> Alter Ego. I mean, <laughs> after Haru, out of all of them, Blue Spirit seems yeah. like the biggest bad boy. That's true. I'd, I'd probably choose that too, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my type, basically in Harvest Moon, is <laughs> is um, cowboys who are mean to me at first, <laughs> but but then become nice. So Zuko definitely yeah. my type. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Toffee also them to go to sleep, and goes to sleep, and then we enter dream sequence number two. Which is the most relatable thing ever. <laughs> he yes. wakes up dressed up as, I don't know, like an Arco character. No, he's like a combination of of um the main character from Trigun plus okay. Naruto. He also Naruto runs in. Yeah. I really want to note that. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> his pants are chained to him. Yeah, so, so he's chained his pants. <laughs> With enough chains to rival the number of zippers that you see in a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, yeah, and he realizes he forgot all about his math test. He forgot oh, to study. Gosh. Which, oh my god, this actually happened to me. So not only have I had this dream, but this actually has happened to me in oh, college. Wow. Like, yeah, like it was a materials exam that I missed and I went to I the, remember that yeah I, I remember me freaking out yeah because yes. I went because I found out about it because I went to the class that was immediately after materials class like I just chose not to go to materials that day because I didn't think anything was going on <laughs> to make matters worse and so I just skipped the class and then I, I went to the next class after that and uh one of my friends was like oh what'd you think of that materials exam and I was like wait what <laughs> it's like you know the, the one we just took like last period I'm like are you serious <laughs> I freaked out so much oh my god it was terrible the good news is I made it out of there with like a b plus because um I was on good terms with the professor who let me retake the exam so yeah mm-hmm. but jeez <laughs> yeah it's scary everyone who is an academic nut nutcase like we are has probably had this dream before so yeah it's pretty relatable i have only had this dream once and it was uh actually it was during the um the uh three months right after i graduated with with my bachelor's degree before i started my grad degree so it was the only time in like the past few years that I wasn't taking a class <laughs> and I had a dream that that I didn't study for 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 some like diffy Q class <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and ah oh. and you and, and you know how in dreams how you can't read things mm-hmm. just just started to freak out because I couldn't read the test <laughs> because like dream logic Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> Yikes. So, yeah, Aang forgot to study for the math test that is required in order to beat Ozai. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Aang screams as he gets crushed by an abacus, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he wakes up. And now he starts to actually start daydreaming, and then we get the daydream part of the title. Yeah. And he wakes up to Ozai <laughs> standing over him, like, rise and shine. You overslept and you missed the invasion, which oh I've had a dream like that too. <laughs> so, yeah. And then he proceeds to ride away on a cow uh, griffin. Uh, it's like a hippo. It's like a hippo, flying hippo. Cow hippo. Yeah. A flying cow hippo griffin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really weird. Um, and then it's like breathing fire at some point, I think. Yeah, this is this is one of the only times where where um Aang's vision of Ozai is actually looking like Ozai. Yeah, um, Aang <laughs> has seen Ozai before. Yeah, Rum, yeah. pictures. Rum, yeah, Rum, Rum. Remember during the Footloose episode, there mm -hmm. was that big portrait of Fire Lord Ozai. Yep. So and he made a macaroni so sculpture of um, he did, which he still has, which is nice. Uh, consistent. <laughs> this is what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So, so, so that makes sense. Um, Kat so Katara is concerned. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Uh, he yells at Sokka to go climb a cliff because apparently one of dream. his dreams. Yeah, Sokka. Uh, they failed the invasion because Sokka couldn't climb fast enough, and <laughs> Sokka's muttering to himself as he's trying to climb this cliff that Aang is forcing to cliff it. Uh, he's yelling at Toph to go use the restroom <laughs> because we died because of it. your tidy bladder. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, Katara's uh, hair got caught, which caused them to all lose the invasion, which yeah. I do agree with Aang. Maybe Katara should put her hair in a ponytail. Maybe. Yeah, it's a lot of hair. During the invasion. <laughs> It yeah. is beautiful hair. It, yeah, it's fantastic. Like, that hair looks so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd tie my hair up if I were in that invasion. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but summary, Aang is sleep drunk. And yeah. he's so anxious that he then proceeds to start having hallucinations during the day. Which listeners yeah. does happen when you don't sleep for so a very go to sleep moral of the story y'all even if you're stressed or if you feel like you didn't study enough just go to bed it's the best thing you can possibly do at that point point. that's why you're yeah. not supposed to cram for exams either because you're gonna feel like that and like because you put it off to the last minute you know you maybe didn't study enough but at the same time you don't want to be up till three in the morning the morning before an exam so <laughs> you know uh he says this quote, which I really connected with. It's uh, it's like every time I think of how stressed I am, I get even more stressed. I'm a yeah. I'm a big rolling snowball of nerves, and that um, happens to me all of the time. I have yeah, everybody some issues with anxiety, but everyone, when you are stressed. And you think about how stressed you are, mm -hmm. and then you get more and more stressed more stress. because you're so stressed. Mm -hmm. It's just an endless loop, unfortunately. So, 
the gang tries to help him out through various methods. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sokka's... Oh, sorry. First, first, Sokka says that it makes sense that he is so stressed, you know, because he has to fight the Fire Lord or else oh, yeah. everyone's toast. <laughs> Thanks, Sokka. Which causes Aang to proceed to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Katara is just like, you know, maybe some yoga will help you. And yeah, they, in a hot yoga. spring. Yeah, in a hot spring. That's very convenient. That is nice. They can pick these locations. Um, I think they made it. Mm, maybe well, uh, they couldn't make the hot part because I don't know Aang if... doesn't know firebending, which is why yeah. he's having this anxiety-ridden, terrible yeah. moment. So he's doing the yoga, and at first it's working out, but then Katara's like, "How do you feel? Warm." <laughs> It's like, good, that's a good thing to feel when you're doing yoga, typically. But then he associates more with fire, which he associates with the Fire Lord. And holy shit, he's going to die because Fire Lord's going to throw a fireball at him or something. And he feels suffocated. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. So then he goes to Sokka. Sokka's mustache. Dressed up as Wang Fire again. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> with this... the same voice okay. and everything, like... <laughs> So Remember great. before how I thought Sokka just kept the mustache on all yeah. this time? <laughs> it is because he keeps on bringing it out. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope he hasn't been permanently. Remember the mustache. Yeah. I hope he hasn't been permanently gluing it again every time he, use, he brings it back out. Because he's brought it back, back a number of times since <laughs> episode two of this season. It's yeah. like permanent hair dye. Yeah, you know? hopefully he it, lesson and it like sticks permanent. on enough, but it's not permanent. Yeah. So Wing Fire, aka Sokka's alter ego now, will will be his psychologist for the, the evening. And Aang's trying to talk it out and try to talk out all the stresses. And then Sokka's just like, Do you want to scream into this pillow? And he just hands him a koala sheep <laughs> for him to scream in. And it's really cute. Oh. <laughs> and the koala sheep is just hanging out there like yep, adorable. I, don't give a shit. I know it's adorable. <laughs> uh yeah. So that's still not really working. And then he proceeds to go to Toph. I don't know why he thought this would be a good idea at all, going to Toph, which is not the greatest at this sort of soothing, calming your nerves type thing. Okay. Toph. <laughs> You could not think the the rock <laughs> massage would work well if you're hitting his head too, right? Yeah. Come on, Toph. <laughs> no. Yeah, she's trying to give him a full-on rock massage, which <laughs> looks very painful. He falls off. And then she suggests acupuncture using a porcupine that she managed to be able to sense from miles and miles away. <laughs> because she's OP. <laughs> yeah, because she's OP. <laughs> And Aang rightfully runs away. <laughs> so none of this stuff is working. And then and what happens? Aang, Aang oh. feels a tiny little bit slightly better. Yeah. <laughs> and right. he tries to go to sleep again. Uh, and then we get the best dream sequence. <laughs> what yeah, the fuck? No. The visuals in this sequence are so good. Wonderful. Okay, so <laughs> we, we we have we have to really boil this down so um so ang is flying oppa um normal size oppa and Uh then a giant momo slashes at them from from a sky that is that 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 is filled with lightning and the way that he is 
directing Appa and the lightning makes you think of the storm episode um, yeah. when he got caught in the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then um, Aang kind of portals through different different visions to get to uh, the Fire Lord's palace, kind of like Samurai Jack style. It just yeah. made me think of Samurai Jack for some reason. <laughs> I uh, kind of see that a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. they, they do a weird cut of like Aang is still in one place as the background transitions from one room to the next until he reaches the throne room. So it just kind of looks like he's like floating into each room. <laughs> it's, it's it is really interesting. It's interesting, yeah. Uh, there's like a shot of him I think before that where he like is climbing out of the ground but then like he gets caught under the ground again like after like a quick cut mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a shot of Sokka suffocating yeah uh, a shot of Isla's Toph yeah Toph <laughs> is Toph is blind without eyes they just uh, like zoom into her face in, yeah she falls through through a void in the floor yeah uh, and then Sokka suffocates to death, being <laughs> engulfed by rocks. God. And, and then, then Katara um, just walks into a fire, just surrounded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh my god. And then yeah. the creepiest shot is like Momo, sh- like shushing at shushing at the audience or straight at the camera, and it's yeah. really weird. And then we get a shot of Aang watching the comet crash <laughs> on the world. <laughs> Yeah, so um yeah, so um Aang is Aang is frozen while kind of fire fire demon Ozai laughs, but then Aang falls to the bottom of a pool um that becomes a mirrored wall that has Zuko on the other side. Um this oh, yeah. is like original Zuko mm-hmm. um on the other side of like the the like glass ice uh with the comet streaming behind him um this is when momo comes in telling him to shush and then (laughs) um the meteor falls and just engulfs the world in fire yeah and then (laughs) he wakes up such a lovely dream uh yeah okay that one is like understandably creepy (laughs) yeah so psychoanalyzing it He's really afraid of of all of his friends dying in terrible ways. Yeah. Um and none of- he feels like he's if he doesn't if he doesn't succeed now, he's gonna be helpless when the comet gets there, I guess, because he doesn't feel ready. Yeah, I don't think any of their like dream deaths actually correspond to any injuries they get later. No. I the mean, only one yeah, but like the only one that I can really see would be Katara with the fire because she ends up fighting Azula. Yeah. But the other two don't fit, so it's a really big stretch. Yeah. So this is more about anxiety. Um mm-hmm. I think to 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 counter that, I think the Zuko part is really interesting specifically be, because of all of the mirror imagery and how Aang sees Zuko not as he is now, not how we see him, but how we saw him episode one. And that is really interesting. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but the point. Yeah, it is it is bringing back a image, 
of old Zuko. Of 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 course, that was a Zuko that Aang wanted to be friends with via like blue the blue spirit episode. But mm-hmm. but it but it still highlights how Zuko is on the other side of the war right now. And and the and Sozin's comet's coming. Yeah. And Sozin's comet is on Zuko's side right now. Yep. So from there we I mean Aang wakes up again, understandably. And tries to stay awake. Yeah. Until oh. the invasion Shout stuff. out to uh <laughs> Sokka's quick change into <laughs> Wing Fire for a sec. <laughs> so good. Even his voice changes again. It's like it sounds like you need a therapy session. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't not though. doing it justice, but shout out to Jack DeSena who voices Taka. Oh, so good. Okay. Yeah. So um the moment we have all been waiting for. Aang is so tired that he oh, yeah. realizes that he's doing this for one person. Oh, Katara. God. And 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 he has to let Katara know what what really matters so he so he goes up to her tells her all of this they they kiss it is really really cute this is the kiss that is shown in every single amv you know exactly the kiss i'm talking about and then snap ang has been imagining this in his head this did not happen. He is hallucinating. Okay, so not gonna lie, I feel like I fell for this up to a specific point. Um, I, I fell for it through the kiss. And then I think when Katara very calmly was just like, what are we doing? I think that's when I started to catch on. I felt so dumb for not catching on to this earlier. Same. No. <laughs> yeah, I, <'cause> then- <laughs> I have seen this kiss so many times <laughs> in AMVs. This is this is the kiss that they like always use. I feel like they used this kiss at one point in one of the trailers for book three. Oh like, yeah, they totally faked us out with this. Like, I mean, they kiss later, but it's dark and sad. Yeah. And then it's good. Uh, yeah, not nearly as suave as Ang's thinking he is right now. Oh, <laughs> it was so funny because like, because I was like, "What are we doing?" And Ang's like, "What our hearts have been telling us to do for a long, long time." Baby, you're my forever girl. Uh, <laughs> and like swings her down and tries to kiss her. And it's like and the most awkward 12-year-old trying to be romantic. Baby, <laughs> oh, you're my you're forever, my forever girl. girl. Uh, let me like, give you my like avatar letterman jacket. <laughs> yeah. Like you it's so embarrassing. Go yeah. Oh my god. Wanna do an activity together? <laughs> yeah, so cut to him like caressing nothing while making mushy face yeah. at um, the air. And Katara's Katara is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> She's there watching this. <laughs> yeah. Very embarrassing. Uh yeah, so oh from there we get Aang still trying to train. This time he's stuck his macaroni sculpture of Ozai to uh um to to some wood. 
Yeah, which is really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's that he good. It's around. It is really good continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and- love that that sticks around. Like little things like that <laughs> that you wouldn't be upset about if it didn't make a reappearance but the fact that it does it's just like it's so right. nice <laughs> yeah so uh, um so ang is using every single attack that he like could could um possibly do to defeat macaroni ozai macarozai macarozai and mm-hmm. um while um while sokka is making super awesome armor for appa Yet yeah, again, how really Quit. good continuity? Yeah, I mean, I know he mentioned it; he wanted to do it, but like, okay, the how, when, how, like, how long did it has it been taken to do that? Four days. Where has all the like you he put all that together in four days? Like, where has he been like welding this shit? I don't know. Um, <laughs> like nobody can fire metal him, so... armor. That is where. Oh well, okay, maybe Toth might have been helping him out. Toph must have been helping him out with the metal pieces. Yeah. So um, that would make things a lot easier. But still, um, that's the, a lot of metal the that they had work? to carry on Appa. Unless, like, he, assuming he had it before they got there. They must have had it before. I guess. Where Sokka has been planning this out. Maybe it's the meteor, right? Maybe it's part of the meteor? No. Cause... But they gave the big meteor to the swords. <sighs> yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Wait. the whole thing. Meteor sword. Okay. We saw that. Yeah, so he, he, yeah. Either way, I don't the, know. It's... Um, the <laughs> the leather work makes sense because he just likes meat, so he was just skinning some of the koala sheep. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that's pretty maybe. Funny. But it, well, we do but that later. Takes, so well, well, it takes quite a bit of time to to tan hide. Because you can't just take skin off of a animal and be like, this is my new coat. You you have to do a lot of different processes to it. Not yeah. that I don't think Sokka knows those processes because he's from the South Pole, the Southern mm-hmm. Water Tribe. So it makes sense he does. Yeah. But timing, maybe they stole it. They stole everything. Sure. Well, the ends justify the means. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, Aang is Aang is just going to defeat Macrozai. And he's missing everything because he's too damn tired at this point. He misses ev- he 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 hits everywhere Except. but the but the macaroni sculpture. And that is where we get the trippiest part of Aang's hallucinations. Yeah. Um Momo and Appa start talking. Uh, again, shout fight. out to D. Bradley Baker in this case. He voices both Appa and Momo. Uh, usually when they're not talking, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Appa and Momo and his hallucination get into an argument about who's more useful than the other, and then they proceed to gear up and to samurai get up and just have a samurai fight while the koala sheep are the audience members. It's and, wonderful. Um, it's. Yeah, and then (laughs) what else happens? So much stuff happens. Yeah, so um, Momo Momo (laughs) talks to Aang and then um, Aang is like, oh, wow, Momo, I didn't know you could talk. Oh, yeah. No, you are supposed to talk lemur. And then Aang pretends to talk lemur 
to Momo. Cut to everybody, what everybody else is really saying and uh, and talking gibberish to Momo. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Um, and then Appa starts arguing with Momo. Um, and um, Appa here gives me Totoro vibes. Just the way that he is drawn, specifically because he is drawn, drawn like standing on two feet, just like hanging yeah. out, arms down. Um, and then, um, and then they get into samurai outfits. Um, specifically, uh, specifically, they look like they are from Seven Samurai because of Momo's facial hair. I looked this up, um, and. And they were trying to emulate Seven Samurai in this. Okay. In this part, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, I was thinking yeah. more like I was getting like, um, what's the anime with the samurais? Like Samurai Shampoo. Oh, maybe. Oh, that was kind of the vibe I was getting. Just because, like, it's kind of wacky. That show is also a little wacky. A little wacky. It's got that kind of tone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so then, Guru Patik. Uh, uh, like, kind of floats. Yeah, out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> on like a cloud. With yeah, so um, he is in in the um visage of um, uh, I am going to pronounce this wrong, and, and I am sorry, Sarawati, who who is the Hindu goddess of knowledge, which oh. really fits. Yeah, that does. Fit. I- I'm loving the I'm loving the the references. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, so we floats in singing about chakras and onion banana juice. It's the most random thing ever because they haven't mentioned Guru, Guru the Guru since book two. Nope. <laughs> nope. So. And then a rock snake appears. <laughs> I kind of wish my dreams were this crazy. I feel like my dreams suck. Most of my dreams are just like, I'm going to go to a place and I'm so excited. And then like I spend the whole dream just like packing or whatever. And then I get to like the gate of the place or wherever I'm about to go. And then I wake up. Yeah. It's Disney, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes. Not all the time. (laughs) Oh, um, wow. When I am sick, I have dreams where I am editing the settings in a video game i am not playing the game i am messing with the with the settings in the settings menu nice every time i'm sick don't know why (laughs) well (laughs) yeah so um so um rock snake ang runs off uh he is just freaked out and when he comes back it turns out that um the gang really notices how freaked out he is and they have sheared all of the koala sheep on the island to make him a like like a nice bed of bed of wool for him to to sleep comfortably um i want to note that um ang never has a sleeping bag in any episode Mm -hmm. from the first episode he he always just sleeps on the ground don't know why i guess that's his thing but i I like how they've kept that consistent throughout Mm -hmm. when everyone else makes a like rock tp or they have sleeping bags yep but uh ang's still out of it at this point and 
calls it Stacey a fluffy practice. bed made out. Yeah. <laughs> he calls it a fluffy bed made, made out of clouds. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so his friends were nice enough to make him a bed and they basically tell him, like, dude, go the fuck to sleep, yeah. okay? Because <laughs> you're going nuts and you got this. And and finally goes to sleep yeah, and has a nice dream. And brave and strong. Yeah. And he can do this. Just sleep. <laughs> yeah, please just go to sleep. Oh my God. <laughs> uh yeah. So And he has a final dream. Mm-hmm. Uh goes back to the pants thing and uh Aang's like I'm not the one not wearing pants you are and, and he wins Fire Lord Ozai is my there. royal parts are showing an epic joker voice <laughs> it's wonderful he had the most fun yeah so he's sleeping then we get this nice zoom out shot of him sleeping on what actually kind of does look like an imaginary bed made out of clouds <laughs> Mm-hmm. I I like how how they really made his like over the top stress over a really serious situation. I, yeah, really, really relate to common viewers. Oh, totally. Would not be doing that. No, I think um, the show uh, the show always does a good job of like showcasing character through humor like Mm -hmm. looking at things like the beach and stuff it's like yeah the beach is really funny but also like these kids are not socially adjusted (laughs) or some of them aren't (laughs) all of them are not yeah or so i mean ty lee i think is pretty well adjusted i dare say to a (laughs) i don't know i I think she's more adjusted than like azula and zuko are (laughs) yeah i mean Ty Lee might be like a really dirty, muddy bucket of water that like you don't want to go near. But if there's a dumpster fire right Dang. next to you, maybe you want to go in the like mud bucket instead. You know? Sure. Not saying Ty Lee's mud, but I'm saying that like Azula and Zuko are dumpster fires. Well, yeah. And like. She is, she's a like burnt souffle. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, she seems to know how to maneuver around uh, people her own age. Oh, yeah. In a Um, healthy way. (laughs) Yeah, she is definitely better. Well, uh, she is definitely better. Well, adjusted. I, I, I just don't think that she really gets over her issues with wanting to be special and and wanting to be loved until she joins the Kyoshi Warriors. Yeah, and I mean yeah, definitely. But the thing is, like I think she's still able to function despite all that as like (laughs) a normal person (laughs) versus Zuko and Azula. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, so she has take a lot for them normal like, talks with people. Yes. Um, May. So, I, May, I think, is actually the most well well adjusted. Yeah, I also think May is well adjusted. Because May, it's just, oh yeah, my like parents were like really, really constrictive, but I'm doing this stuff now. So mm-hmm. kind of like Toph. May, May and Toph's stories are very, very similar now now 
now that I'm thinking about it, where their parents really tried to put them in into a porcelain box and they broke out in their own ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so speaking of May, shall we talk about Zuko and May? Yes. Cool. So... Um, yeah, we open with uh, lifestyles of the rich and royal. I wrote. Yeah, so um, Zuko's pampered life is disgusting, and and I want it so bad. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, I really want to have a palanquin thing just so I can go across the street without having to walk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, as Zuko's day starts, he wakes up. Um, there are servants offering him grapes, massages. <sighs> Hot towels and feet. And Hell feet yes. All all of the above, yes. To all of it. Yeah. Um Zuko just like waves them off when Why are you saying no, Zuko? What the hell? No, 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 no. He never says no because well, that's whatever. He just waves them waves off. Them away. Why are you waving them away? <laughs> Take it all. I'm taking all of that. Later, Azula gets a royal hair combing god please it's so nice yes please. please oh my god yes to all of it i wholeheartedly approve so um, um so um zuko zuko takes a hot towel um there is this sushi place that it that that it is really close to my boyfriend's apartment that they that 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 they always give you little hot towels and it's yeah. Not the best part about it, but it's second it's to the food. I love it's it when they so give you good. hot towels. It's like, yes. That's when you know you're at a fancy place when they give you hot towel hot towels oh. before each oh, meal. Oh, no. like, oh. It is a little hole in the wall, family owned, wonderful place. Oh. Every, it's just great. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's gonna walk over to May's, but not before having to walk past all the fangirls <laughs> first. He's adored by the crowd. Yes. I was Why did that one woman see... get a... what? Uh, be... oh, I-, I was expecting to see foaming mouth guy here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> felt... <laughs> like it wasn't funny the second time he uh, he came back, but I feel like it might be funny again if he showed up for a third time in the Fire Nation. <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, how is he here? Yeah, like well, how did he get here? <laughs> what happened? Uh, one woman gets arrested for some reason, and I'm not quite sure why. Like, what did she do? Uh, she jumped the barricade. Did she, what barricade? There wasn't a barricade. No, but she like crossed the line. <laughs> yeah, the invisible line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. she is going to yeah. be tortured. Take like <laughs> forty lashes. You know, oh a light sentence. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so remember <laughs> la- last episode when there was the terrible torture of human beings yeah well, what great well <laughs> well this is a police state so mm-hmm. stop yeah. fangirling yeah so you know Zuko's just trying to walk over there and uh his servants are like well why don't you take the palanquin it's like okay and then we <laughs> we just ten can. steps yeah and it's just really like 10 steps away <laughs> Which I'd take the palanquin. Why not? May's family must be very, very well connected. Oh, yeah. The house is right next. Directly across the street. To the palace. Palace, yeah. (laughs) I mean, they're within the 
volcano that the crater the volca- yeah the crater <laughs> where the royal palace is the crater of privilege yeah the crater of privilege <laughs> yeah so it's great seems like zuko's gotten everything he always wanted and it looks great not gonna lie <laughs> and oh, uh, he gets to, yeah and he gets to snuggle with his girlfriend may on the couch which come on y'all you know you know that they fucked like you know that okay. they're sexually active so I wonder what the culture of the Fire Nation is where she can be in a room alone <laughs> with Zuko with, without a female chaperone. Yeah. Because in like political dramas and stuff, but also history, uh, women were not supposed to be alone with people like nobility women weren't were, were, were not supposed to be all, all alone with with any man to like not tarnish their virtue because their virtue was their only commodity yeah. and and it and like the fire nation seems like they would be really in really into that antiquated stuff and it seems strange that um that um the fire lord wouldn't want to make sure that the crown prince wasn't just making princelings you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but this is a children's show so mm-hmm. we're not going to so talk about just... all of the political intrigue yeah. surrounding now, yeah asian courtly mobil- uh, nobility right so for now they're just quote snuggling unquote on the couch <laughs> yeah uh yeah, and I would, they, I would take tarts. that too. Mm-hmm. And they get to eat fruit, fruit tarts with rose petals on top together. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so they're having a good time, living the life. And then May casually brings up, yeah, you know, the meeting. Yeah, so how about that meeting though? That sounds not fun at all. And Zuko, this is the first time Zuko's hearing about it, and he's like, "Wait, what? What meeting?" It's like, well, oh, um, I thought you knew about the war meeting that everybody who's anybody yeah. is going to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, Azula was invited, mm-hmm. uh, but Zuko wasn't. <laughs> so, he gets really paranoid and anxious about this and proceeds to go find Azula who is getting her hair done and it looks fantastic. It, also, it, a nice uh, uh, foreshadowing to a very similar scene that we get in the finale where she's just, like, losing it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Azula doesn't know how to put up her hair because she's Mm-mm. never had to. Yeah, do but even that. even before that, she's getting her hair done in like the scene in the finale, and she flips out on one of the servants because she feeds her a grape with the pit in it or something, and then she yeah. banishes everybody <laughs> in the room. So yeah, yeah the the symbols of excess are there, but also the background of. She wouldn't exactly know how to do these things herself, probably. No. It it wouldn't be second nature. Mm-mm. So, yeah, Zuko asks if she's aware of this war meeting that's happening. She's like, of course I am, duh. Uh, and he's like, how come I didn't know? It's like, I don't know, but you're invited, so whatever. Even though well, I didn't like, get an invitation. Like, what? don't have to be invited because you are no, the yeah you're the prince so just Obvious. shut the fuck up mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like i'm have- not so 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 i was personally invited 
but yeah but you're the crown prince so it's obvious mm-hmm. so yeah so he's still paranoid about it yeah and um, zuko's zuko's having a hissy fit and and then says that he's just not going to go to the meeting yeah Which- <laughs> being the angsty zuko that he is uh, i get it but also zuko come on <laughs> Well, I think he's just sort of conflicted because uh, well, he doesn't want to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah. One, he's probably still triggered by the last one he went to, as May mentions when he's talking to her about. <laughs> I his know feelings. May yeah. is terrible. I love her. <laughs> yeah, thanks, May. Didn't need that again. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know, he's also still trying to figure out what he wants in life at this point because he thought he would be content with getting his royal status back and having his dad actually like acknowledge him now yeah but uh as we learn at the very end of this episode that's he finally commits to this is not what i want and i need to do something about it so yeah he is very he's very conflicted yeah and and it is part of that thing of well, Zuko doesn't really want to be here anymore. He 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 doesn't want to be involved with really with what's going on, but he still wants that that affection and that and that affirmation from his dad who who he's been trying to get to give him that validation for so long, but also that validation is is for something that that he's really questioning and it's all of this mixed up so it's okay i i am just not gonna go i'm just not i am just not gonna do it when um he should have just gone yeah like it it would have been a better look on zuko if it was i am i am i am the crown prince of course I'm here. Mm-hmm. So it would have shown him more um assertive, but that's not who Zuko is. Yeah, and he's conflicted at this point. So, you know. Yeah, there's so, a lot going on. Yeah. Instead, he decides to quote smuggle, unquote, with May <laughs> some more. Yeah. And uh one of the royal servants shows up and crashes the party. <laughs> like, oh. hey, everyone's looking for you at this boring war meeting. It's like, really? Like, well, I guess I better go, I guess. <laughs> uh, before so. that, I I kind of hate how May suggests ordering servants around to make Zuko feel better. <laughs> I think she kind of meant privilege. it. Privilege. Yeah, while there is I mean, a slightly privileged edge to it, I I think she kind of meant it in a trying to cheer yeah. him up. I mean, joking Toph kind of does... Toph has the same sentiments. Like, yeah, yeah, no, the servants are there to help you. The servants Mm -hmm. do servant stuff. Yeah. I get it. I just want to (laughs) poke at it. That's fair. So Zuko proceeds to go to the meeting that we don't see, which is interesting that they chose not to show us what happens in this meeting until the finale. Because then Zuko comes out of it with completely different conviction or not completely different but he's more 
sure of what it is that he wants out of life and what he needs to do because of yeah. it. This is he not walks the future out. he wants. Yeah, he walks out and May's like, how'd it go? He's like, well, it was really good. You know, I didn't get my my other eye burnt or my other part of my half of my face burned off. So that's a good sign. <laughs> and uh I got to sit next to my dad. I was like literally his right hand man. Yeah. And uh it, it was great. And like everybody welcomed me with open arms. And May notices, like, okay, so why are you still upset about it? I was like, well, I mean, I guess I came off as being a perfect prince and what my dad wanted, but I wasn't me, he says. Which, mm -hmm. yeah, indicates that Zuko is now a lot more sure of who he is at this point in time. And, and what's important Instead of just being confused. And yeah, and what's yeah. really important to him, which is why he ultimately makes the decision to defect in the next episode. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and a really important thing here is that May waited for him yeah. during that meeting. They walked there together. Mm -hmm. She hung out there. And and Zuko trusted her enough to to tell her that he wasn't happy afterwards. And and that speaks volumes. It shows that 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 their relationship is a healthy one built on trust, but also mm -hmm. communication. They are learning yeah. I to always... communicate more after the beach. I support a lot. Um, Zuko, yeah, Zuko opens up to her a lot, and about how he's feeling about uh, feeling in this episode. And while he still has a ways to go, because he just oh, yeah. <laughs> needs to write a letter to her <laughs> instead of talking to her directly before he decides to leave, and she's understandably pissed when they do see each other again in um, a later episode. <laughs> I get it, but uh, I get. It. I mean, awkward. I am. How do I'm I? this to my girlfriend type no thing. not even awkward teenager it's i am defecting from this military state i want to make sure that they don't kill you and i want to make sure that i can in case you end up not wanting me to leave yeah Which it could be but shows that he doesn't trust her fully I guess. Or he's doing that stupid thing of, but I wanted to protect you, which oh, I hate. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, they have a, they talk about it in the Boiling Rock episode, yeah, and I, I don't remember the full conversation. What, so we'll yeah, talk about we'll it talk later when more. we get to it. But I do remember the letter saying something like, um, Dear May, I'm sorry to tell you this, but I'm leaving. And that's about it. <laughs> it's like, that's, you go, I mean, that's all you wrote. <laughs> what? Well, we know. Zuko is not is not one for flowery language. No, prose. He's very straightforward. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Have a nice day. <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah. Oh, I so wrote, awesome. "You're bad. I don't like you anymore." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you love me? Mm. Why but... do I like you, Leslie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, I mean, I'm still at this point, I'm still mad with Zuko to a, to a degree, although it seems like he's finally starting to come to his senses a little bit. Um, although I still feel like I was through the moon when it was next episode when he finally does yes. decide to defect completely. For real this time, guys. For real. So, for real. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, nice, interesting restraint on the writers to not show us this meeting that he's been freaking out about this whole episode. They also don't show Fire Lord Ozai at all. Yeah. Which I re- well, real Fire, fire, fire Lord Ozai. Right. Which mm-hmm. I really like because I think having having the contrast between Aang's vision of of Ozai and um the and uh, the real Ozai would kind of tarnish your vision of his visions a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Especially since I mean Aang's Plus afraid it's... of the unknown. So the fact that Aang really doesn't know the full extent of Ozai, I, I, I guess I think that was a smart choice to not even show him at all in this episode. Yeah, but, plus, uh, plus I also like the the fact that that for Zuko, it's not about the meeting. It is just about being invited. He doesn't care about really what is going on during that meeting this episode. Uh, it is more about what's going on with him. So we follow him the entire time. The, the same as we follow Aang. The, in this mm. episode, it is it is about what both of them are feeling. Yeah. And, you know, about I think... action. Yeah. And again, Zuko's starting to realize, I don't really belong with my dad and my sister in this whole yeah. regime at this point. And, yeah, so, like, the fact that they don't show this meeting, I think the main reason behind why they didn't show this meeting is to just further raise the stakes in the Sozin's Comet episodes in, well, in the yeah. finale. Partially mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, because when we do get this meeting, spoiler alert, or find out what happened in it. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's basically Ozai talking about committing genocide again, this time against the Earth Kingdom. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Uh <laughs> Let's and that, like, that is a big bombshell. Uh huh. Let's just, you know, get rid of it all together because really they're kind of the last major force st- standing in our way now that we have Bossing Say conquered and everything. And yeah, I think this was the straw that broke the camel's back in Zuko's opinion. Like, holy shit. Like, I traveled through there. I lived with a lot of these people while I was a refugee there. And I just, he just could not agree with it. That, and, that was just his last draw. And um, we will talk about this again. So sorry, but um, but um, during that meeting, it 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 also parallels the first meeting that that we see with Zuko, where he where he was punished because he didn't want the general to be sacrificing mm-hmm. innocent soldiers. Yeah, for nothing. Right, and for, I I think that is. A really great tell of how much Zuko has grown because he's still will the fact that he's still willing to protest against it and is more than willing to defect because of it, even though he knows that it, I mean, it could you could definitely be in danger after it and stuff. And like this whole time he's kind of been associating that initial act of of being compassionate as a weakness. And yeah, now he sees it as a strength and something that he should act upon yeah he was punished yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah the fact that he's still courageous enough to not only defect but to confront his father about it first and then uh completely walk out on it and stuff 
is so awesome and just it feels so good. I can't wait for next episode when we get to that. We're gonna be talking for like an hour just on like that scene alone. Yeah. <laughs> the last half of this season, oh we are gonna be talking about oh every episode for so for so long. long. <laughs> it's gonna be so bad. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah and I, I think at this point, I think the worry here is that at least from my recollection when I first watched this episode, I might have been annoyed that we didn't get to see what happened in this meeting, especially considering he defects in the episode ne in the next episode. But it still doesn't feel out of the blue um, under the context that you at this point in time, you don't know what happened in that meeting. Yeah, because I think, yeah. Yeah, or at least because oh, sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was because at least for me, um, Zuko's already been talking about how he's been confused about it, and he he feels like he's making maybe some not so great decisions and things up to this point. And so at this point, I think he was starting to come to terms with, okay, this is not who I want to be, and this is not who I want to be associated with, and this was just sort of this meeting was just sort of the tipping point. Yeah, for me, uh, the the first time I watched it, and also now, taking this episode as its own thing and not knowing what comes next, the meeting itself doesn't matter. The meeting contents doesn't matter. It matters that Zuko really wanted to be up to be up to be a part of it, and he thought. That this is a thing that is going to make me happy, finally. And it mm -hmm. doesn't. And it's the last straw that breaks the Campbell's back of, I thought I wanted this. I don't want this. From the beach episode, yep. same thing where he, where he thought he would be happy now, but he's not. And, and that's what he had to come to terms with himself all this time. Because... I, I love Iroh so much, but, but, but Iroh's supportive presence made Zuko be able to lash out at people other than only himself. With yeah. Iroh gone, Zuko like he's no got one no one to do it but at him, at yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, he uh, is. He is not a team anymore. He only has himself to blame. And now he finally can make... He has always been able to make decisions for himself. But, but, but I think that he has enough introspection to finally really make decisions for himself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that whole, like, want versus need thing that you hear about in, like, writing yeah. 101. Where it's like, yeah, he wanted his dad's approval and his quote honor which he associated with his father's approval and stuff but at the end of the day that it does not bring him happiness and he realizes that what he really needs is self-acceptance and uh just restoring his own honor himself so yeah yeah good stuff very good stuff uh no matter how much I want to just shake Zuko. <laughs> I, I, 
I love the writing in this in the show where where this this entire story is really character first and I really love that um even like going into the the final half of the series everything feels character first character organic these are people put in this world and this is what they would do and they are all fleshed out and that's why it's wonderful to see episodes like this where maybe it's not the most exciting thing okay but but it's all about what they're feeling yeah and you don't always get that mhm i mean you know that oh he must be scared he must be worried he must feel bad about doing stuff but you never it sometimes you need it ex, you need it explicitly said yeah and, and i think that's a really good choice yep and yeah again it's uh the classic zuko ang parallels that we love added again where in this case both are freaking out over something that they've I guess they they assumed was just part of their quote destiny in a in a way, or mm-hmm. I mean they're both freaking out over things that they had either wanted or knew was coming for quite some time, all the way since book one. And yeah, it's reaching a point where, in one case, Aang's having to come to terms with that, and you know just believe in himself and know that he can press on and do it. And Zuko's case, realizing that that's not really what you need deep down. So mm-hmm. even though that's something that you thought for for years at this point. Yeah, it is what he thought he wanted, but it's uh-huh. not what he really wanted. Yeah. So good stuff. All this, of course, leads into the middle point of book three. And also the pivot into, like, some of the best stuff in the show. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. At last, I've waited so long to talk about the back half of book three. And it is book three. We're going to be covering two chapters because it's chapters 10 and 11. The Day of Black Sun, parts one and two. So exciting. Very 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 exciting yeah be prepared to have us probably talk about it for like at least two hours <laughs> so, we should really add timestamps, <laughs> like at least separating part one from two in the event <laughs> people are like oh my gosh i can't sit for two straight hours <laughs> which is totally you, understandable uh, Watch, we listening will... to us gush primarily about zuko defecting <laughs> yeah uh we will try, but I but I have a feeling that we're gonna start linearly and then go off of tangents of things that ha- that, that happen. Yeah, because we always do. We always. Well, do. we will we will try hard. We'll try our best. <laughs> we will try as hard as Aang does to mm-hmm. not kill the Fire Lord. Yeah, and still keep his hands. Yes. So yes. So until then, stay flaming. <laughs>